What is going on? We've already got enough elephants in the room. We don't need any more, do we? Everybody's scared of the elephant. Don't be scared. He's a nice elephant. Nice guy. Give him a hand. Thank him for being here. Are you, don't fall off the stage. Where are you going? You're going to make it back here? <laughs> there you go. All right. We got people that have elephant costumes. What am I going to say, right? <laughs> you got a real elephant in the room today. So we've had these little pink elephants on the side. We're in the middle of our series that I've expanded to go a little bit longer, uh, talking about topics that might be difficult uh, for people to uh, hear discussed. Um, and, and it might cause some controversy, but that's not our goal. Our aim is not to raise any controversy. We're not trying to make you mad at us. We're not even trying to make you like us. We're not here to rally the, the cry of the, uh, the, 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 the frozen chosen. We're, we're here to talk about these topics based on what God's word says. And uh, after last week, I've noticed I'm getting tons of emails, mostly supportive stuff, uh, really encouraging things. But people uh, have ideas and questions. And I thought, you know what? I need to put something out in the lobby. So in the lobby, there's a table and a bunch of little sticky notes. And it's questions or topic suggestions. I'm already sensing we're going to have Elephant in the Room Part 2, uh, another series coming up in the, toward the end of the year or something. Uh, there seems to be enough of these that people are just saying, I'd like to know more about, or I have questions about maybe one of the topics we've already talked about. So if you don't mind, on your way out today, just fill out one of these little sticky notes that's on the table. You can either write a question about one of the topics or a topic suggestion that you think we should cover, and we will consider that. Now, you need to know where I'm at as your pastor. Um, it, this has been a, a grueling thing for me to kind of determine where we're going in this series. And after last week, I realized that I'm grieving. Uh, I'm actually in the process of grieving what has become of Christianity. Uh, I, I'm discouraged and disappointed with Christians, people that label themselves Jesus followers, and our response and reaction in this world. And, and I guess you got to stop at some point and say, well, if you're upset about something, let's figure it out. Let's figure out where did this begin? Where did we go off the rails in Christianity? And then how come we're having so much problems understanding issues? And so I'm backtracking a little bit today. Today I was going to start the discussion on sexuality, uh, the Bible's view on sexuality. And we're going to talk about um, uh, gender. We're going to talk about homosexuality. We're going to talk about all the things in, in sexuality that, that people have issues with. But we're going to start with talking about God's view of our sexuality. Hint, he invented it. He knows a lot about it. And so uh, he has a lot to say about our sexuality. So we're going to go to the Bible and talk about that. But that's going to be next week. Nobody point fingers and say, you chose the hardest message. You picked July 4th weekend. Nobody's going to be here. That's not why I'm doing it. If that crossed your mind, stop it. Uh, none of these things are planned out like that. Things happen. Uh, holidays happen. Uh, we do encourage you to, to come next week, to be here on Sunday, or to watch it. If you can't watch it then, watch it throughout the week next week, but participate with that. And then we'll go one more week, and I'm not quite sure if I'll have to do a part two of next week's sermon, or if I've got a new topic uh, for July 10th. That's where we're at, and that's where we're going. But the reason why I backed it off one week is because I think we need to backtrack and talk about worldview. Worldview 101. I don't know if you've heard much about that, uh, but in the 90s, that became a real hot topic in churches. A lot of people were doing worldview studies. And I really think what it comes down to in all these issues is worldview. How do you see the world around you and how do you determine what is truth? And so we're going to do that today in preparation for what I talk about next week. With all that said, would you pray with me? Just bow your head and if you'd be willing to say this prayer silently, you don't have to say it out loud. Just say, God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. And God, I pray that you'd be glorified. I pray that everyone hearing this would be edified. And I pray that Satan would be horrified. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So far in our series, we've talked about the church and politics. Christians are identified with God's kingdom, not earthly kingdoms. If you identify yourself by saying, I am Green Party, or I am Democrat, or I am a Republican, I'd, I'd encourage you to rethink that. Uh, you might vote uh, conservative or liberal. You know, that might be what, the way you vote, but that shouldn't determine who you are. Your identity should be found in Christ alone. 
Don't identify in a party. And uh, I'd encourage you to, to make sure that you identify with God's kingdom first and foremost. And then we talked about abortion last week. I don't know about you, but I'm a pastor. I spoke on abortion, and the Supreme Court overthrew it in one week. I mean, I, I did a good job, didn't I? I mean, <laughs> again, I don't plan the timing on these things. Uh, and I didn't want anybody to think I actually think that. I understand. This has been a 50-year battle. And can I just tell you as a pastor, what was happening there was a legal thing. And it had to do with law and interpretation of law. And, and if any of you think that we have turned the tide and there shall be no more abortions in our country, I don't know what you're sleeping on or what you're smoking. Uh, the debate has just enraged. Uh, and that's all that's taken place. It's a good thing. We celebrate it. I'm not trying to diminish that. If that's all you prayed for for the last 50 years, you got that. But let's see what comes up next. Because now the battles begin in every state. And we will continue to have this discussion. And can I tell you, nobody won the debate. There's still as much division in our country about the issue of life. And so, again, I go to you about worldview. How do we determine truth? Last week, I laid out for you what God's word teaches about life. And then how we apply the salve of grace upon the world in which we live. And that's what we talked about. Imago Dei, which is the image of God. All life is created in the image of God. Therefore, I I hold to a pro-abundant life view, not just a pro-life view, but a pro-abundant life view, which which that comes from John 10.10. Jesus came that he might uh, give you life and life to its full, right? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so I believe in pro-abundant life, and that means everything that's alive, that's human, we should be gospel urgent about. Gospel urgency. People need to know about Jesus and what he can do. I do believe that we are not supposed to travel the, the world getting ungodly people to try to act godly. That's not our goal. Uh, we're not trying to convince ungodly people to be godly-like. Uh, we are actually trying to convince the world that Jesus is real, he forgives sins, and he changes life. You're going to hear me talk about this next week in sexuality, but the church has made a horrible mistake in that we actually put behave first. Behave, believe you belong. And that is absolutely upside down. And in churches all across the world today, it's you better behave. And then if you believe, then you can belong. The honest truth is you belong. And if you come to belief, it might just change your behavior. Okay. And so we've got to flip that whole thing. And uh, that's why we're talking about the elephant in the room and all these. And it comes today to talking about a uh, worldview. Worldview 101. God's word is truth. Or man decides truth. In your mind, how do you believe truth is come to? Do you believe that man in his greatest thinking ability arrives at truth? And when he decides on truth, that is truth. Or do you believe that God's word is truth? I saw this years ago. And uh, I want to say right from the beginning, this comes from Answers in Genesis, Ken Ham. I love Ken Ham. I think Ken Ham is, is brilliant. Uh, he's a scientist and he understands things that I couldn't begin to comprehend. I will say I'm a big fan of Ken Ham today. But I will say, as we go through this, you might see that I, I'm a little bit upset about what I think might be the reason we've gone down the wrong path in Christianity. And I'll explain it through this analogy that he uses this is the, uh, the cartoon that he, the, he came up with to talk about the problem. You'll see that in the top right corner. The problem. That's coming from Psalm 11, verse 3, is the scripture they used. Again, this is theirs. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? And he was trying to talk about worldview in this little cartoon illustration by showing you that mankind is in, in total humanism. It's man's reasoning. Christianity is, is based on God's word. There's the foundation, the bedrock upon which you stand. You either stand on humanism, man decides truth, or you stand on God's word tells us the truth. And then the, the beautiful thing there, it shows what's happening on the humanism side, they're firing their cannons and they're all aimed at the foundation. People that do not believe God is, do not believe that God's word is truth. We try to convince them in arguments, but they do not have the same foundation. 
They do not have the same worldview that Christians have. Their canons are aimed directly at our foundation. We can come to them and say, yeah, but, yeah, but God says they don't believe in God. Yeah, but, but God's words, this verse tells it they don't believe it. And they're firing at it. And that's where their, their cannons are aimed. Now, here's our problem. I don't know if you can see the cartoon. It's very cute. I do like the work they did. Look what we're doing on the Christianity side. We got one guy who's sound asleep. We got one guy who's taking aim at some of the uh, air balloons that are up there. Issues, right? We have lots of issues. And boy, uh, from what I can tell, I don't know if you've perused any of the social media, but apparently, I didn't know that Christians have views. We love to blow cannons at people's views. And so we've got lots of Christians that like to fire, 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 fire. And we're doing that. And then wouldn't you know it, we've got some Christians that are mad at other Christians that are about ready to blow them up. You ever notice that? You see a problem we got going on on the Christianity side? They're focused on one thing, break the foundation. We're focused on all sorts of things. I don't even know what this guy's shooting at. He's firing a cannon off who knows where. And then take a notice of this guy. He's in the Christian camp, but he's firing his bombs at the foundation. Are we surprised that the problem is, as stated, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? Friends, this is the problem. This is the problem. You've heard your pastor bemoan and cry. Why are we shooting our cannons? Why do we keep attacking the world? I'm very pleased that any Christian would find truth and apply truth to their life. But I, I, I am disturbed from what I'm seeing as our response. And then I, I found out while doing this study, I, I had to go way back to find these images. I found out that they also had a slide called the solution. Oh, uh, this is autonomous human reasoning, and this is confusion, distraction, and anger. I'm sorry I didn't add that there. On the uh, human side, it's autonomous human reasoning. Man determines truth. But on our side, there's confusion about what is truth. There's distraction, for sure, and anger. Anger, that's the thing that bothers me. I, I don't know where we went off the rails by becoming so angry at all the issues uh, I spoke last week on abortion. I told you very calmly what God's word teaches about that. But I would not go bomb an abortion clinic. I just can't for the life of me think we're Christians, supposed Christians, went off the rails and we would go kill life because they're taking life. I'm sorry, I, I just, I think that's over here on, that's human reasoning. Huh? Anybody with pastor this morning? I think human reasoning has snuck into the church, and we think, oh, yeah, well, well, I think God's word talks about applying truth and not breaking truth. <laughs> and so anger, anger is the thing that upsets me in Christianity. And where does it come from? Well, I, I was a little discouraged to take a look at the old artwork that I was trained on many, many years ago as a pastor this is the next slide, it's solution. And here is the verse that they use to talk about the solution, Isaiah 58, 12. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. It's a great verse about repairing and restoring the foundations there. I love that verse. Yet I look at the picture and I began to realize where we might have gone off the rails in Christianity. Oh. <laughs> the problem was the foundation was being destroyed. They're attacking it. We're attacking it. But the solution, according to Ken Ham, apparently was we all need to take aim and destroy the world. <laughs> it would be great if we destroyed them so much that they bailed out and drowned in the sea. That would be so wonderful. And we wonder why our kids don't believe in the same truths that we believed in and why they're leaving the church in groves. I don't believe this is the solution. 
I don't believe Ken Ham meant for that to be the outcome. I think it's what was received. When I preach every Sunday, I pray, oh God, don't let them hear what I'm not saying. And I believe Christianity heard what Ken Ham wasn't saying because Ken Ham is an intellect. And Ken Ham was talking about reasoning. He was talking about people's thoughts. And the Bible says, take captive every thought and make it obedient to God. It talks about a war going on, but it's a, it's a war inside with how we think. Take captive your mind. And I know that's what Ken, because I love Ken Ham, and I'm not here arguing against Ken Ham today. Please don't say, my pastor is now an evolutionist because he spoke evil against Ken Ham. I am not. I believe in Answers in Genesis. We use them all the time in our kids' ministry. We love the material. I love Ken Ham. I love when he debated Bill Nye, the science guy. Anybody watch that? Woo, better Ken Ham than me. I love that. But he is about reasoning and mentality, and he's all about the foundation. I don't believe he meant, let's destroy them. And I think that's what the majority of Christians have heard. It's them against us, because when we've got two castles and we're shooting fires at each other. Isn't it easy to get the idea that we're attacking? And it's a war. Let me ask you this question today. Is our goal to win a war or to win the world? Gospel urgency. Everybody say it with me. Gospel urgency. I want you to keep that in your mind throughout everything I'm preaching. We are all about telling people the good news. The gospel means good news. The good news that Jesus Christ forgives sins. He was God's son, sent to earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross on our behalf, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. That anybody, anywhere, at any time can ask forgiveness from him and they will be saved. That's the good news. And then he's the greater cleaner-upper. You know, forget Mr. Clean. Jesus is the greater cleaner-upper. They don't have to behave and then believe and then belong. They belong. They will believe and it will change their behavior. I believe it. I believe it. I'm 100% sold on that. And so I would say, let me, <laughs> let's rethink the canons, Okay. Let's rethink the attack. It's not against them. I know Ken Ham is, is about thought. And he wants to show there's a battle going on with how mankind thinks. And he doesn't want them to just rely on human reasoning. He wants them to go to the word of God. And it's not a war them against us. And by the way, I really found it interesting, and we're going to read it, the rest of Isaiah 58, 12. That was their reasoning for the solution, Right? Nowhere in that verse does it say attack anybody. Can I read it for you one more time? Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will rise up the age-old foundations. You will be called to repair of broken walls, restore of streets with dwellings. I see two words, repair and restore, not destroy. <laughs> repair and restore. We are not in this to win a war. I know there's a culture war going on. I know there is. But we're armed with truth, real truth. Can I read the rest of Isaiah 58, starting in verse 6? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry, provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood then you will light the light will break forth like dawn and your healing will quickly appear then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the lord will be your rear guard then you will call and the lord will answer you will cry for help and he will say here i am if you do away with the yoke of oppression with the pointing finger and malicious talk and if you spend yourself in behalf of the hungry, satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide your ways. He will satisfy your needs in the sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never failed. You will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairer, restorer, They got the wrong artwork with the right passage. We shouldn't be sending cannons. 
we should be on a mission of love. It's not them against us. I know there's a, a thought war, but let's go to Worldview 101 today to make sure that we in the church know what truth is, and then we can apply it. So what is truth? Let's start with that. That's the problem, as stated. That's the problem. The foundation is being destroyed. You can see that wall is cracked there. When the foundation goes bad, anybody ever have a foundation go bad in your house and you get the walls cracking? You ever see that kind of happen before? Um, my father-in-law has an incredible, on his lake side of his house, he's got this incredible two walls built. I don't know, uh, I don't know, five foot high of the blocks, right? And it holds in all this beautiful landscaping. Well, it was interesting. We noticed that it's all sliding. The, the pressure of all that dirt has been pushing it, and it's coming forward. I'm like, oh, he's going to have, oh, that's going to be expensive. You got to take that all the way down, build it all the way up. And guess what I noticed at my house yesterday? I have the same wall, and it's falling in. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fall. It's leaning. When you see it leaning, you see that there's stress. You're like, oh, no. Our foundation is being destroyed. When I say our, I mean God's word is not accepted as truth today. And here's what I'm going to talk to you about. I'm not going to talk about how the world doesn't recognize that. That's a given, right? Do you remember Romans chapter 1? I have to keep going back to that. Remember the depraved mind and God gave them over to, remember all that? So we're not going to go there today. I can only affect who I can affect. And guess what we're going to talk about? The church. Oh, church, heal thyself. When we looked at those numbers last week and found out 70% of people who have abortions call themselves Christians and attend church at least once a month, oh, church, heal thyself. It's not them against us. It's us. And that's all I can deal with is us. And so let's talk about the church. Why is our foundation being destroyed? It's simply because I don't believe that we even understand what is truth. And by the way, if you say, I know what's truth, I watch my fox. I know what is true. I listen to CNN. Or I know what's true because I listen to NPR. I, mean, I listen to all of them. Just this past week, Margaret was like, how do you listen to NPR? I love to listen to NPR. I love listening to NPR, folks, because I love hearing how mankind reasons. I was listening to NPR the other day, and they were talking about abortion rights. And they had a whole show on where they discussed the problem they're having, that all of the, the there's a whole large group of obstetricians, uh, what are those called? OBG, baby pushers, uh, you know, those people, the doctors that do babies and the nurses that do babies. And they had this whole show that they didn't understand why a large majority of them don't like abortion. And I'm like, maybe because those people really know that that's life. (laughs) There's a reason why doctors who deal in babies understand that that's a life in there. And and they're really struggling because they won't pay for their education unless they'll go through that training. And many of them are saying, we won't take that training. I will never perform an abortion. And they're having a real struggle in those lines. And they didn't understand it at all. I'm like, I love listening to it. I don't listen to it to be informed. It informs me of mankind. So don't, don't think you are the bastion of truth because of your positions or what you listen to. Let's determine truth in a concrete way. I looked it up. Truth is called that which is true, which is interesting because you're not supposed to use the word in the definition, but that's what the dictionary did. That which is true or in accordance with fact or reality. A fact or belief that is accepted as true. That's what the dictionary calls truth. Now, I have a problem with the word accepted as true because at any given time, half the population doesn't agree. And so it's not accepted, but it is accepted. So who determines truth? If you're on the humanism side and man reasoning, you can't trust God's word, and we're going to put it all in the camp of human reasoning, who then is the final say in truth? The Supreme Court? Well, apparently not. Not for the side who didn't get the answer they wanted. And not for the side in 1973 when they didn't get the answer they don't want it. Apparently, we don't think it's the Supreme Court. Who gets to decide what truth is? So accepted is a weird word to use when it comes to the word truth. Here's the definition of truth. God's opinion on any matter. Amen? Amen. 
Anybody on that side of understanding that we stand on God's word? I I love, there was an old saying that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Let me just tell you this, that's wrong. (laughs) That's humanism right there. That's why the church has gone wrong. That's why the church has fallen into humanism. That statement right there is wrong because it's God said it and I believe it. You have nothing to do with it. Can I tell you that truth has nothing to do with your reasoning. You know what the real statement is? God said it, that settles it. Amen? Amen? And we need to wake up and realize that this is humanism has crept into the church and the worldview has changed. Anybody notice that your younger generation, don't raise your hand. Anybody notice that your younger generation has a total different take on objects that are happening in our culture today? Anybody? Any grandparents in the room that have said, what happened? My kids don't understand. They're taking a different opinion, and their kids are even further from that. It's because humanism has dealt into the church and has changed our beliefs, our worldview, and it's based on the same thing. I determine truth, and that's not right. So let's look at what does God's word say. That's what I promised you. Let's look at it. John 17, so I'll put them on the screen. You can keep up or you can try. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. By the way, those of you who are intellects, I know I'm using Scripture to talk about God's word being Scripture, and you would have a problem with that, but I I, I base everything on God's word. I, I do. I believe God's word is truth, and so therefore I go to it for truth, and therefore I trust that it defines itself. And it says it is truth. 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. Psalm 119.160. All your words are true. All your righteous laws are eternal. John 8, 31 and 32, to the Jew who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. God's word calls itself truth. I believe that's the foundation on which we stand. Anytime I want to know what's true on any matter, I go to God's word. You might say, well, then how could you understand um, you know, meth. How can you get a biblical perspective on meth when meth is not mentioned in the Bible? Well, there's principles. There's, there's absolute commands, and then there are principles. And principles apply to all of life. We don't want to get into all of these things today, but alcohol has been disputed a lot, and obviously alcohol has a lot of issues. I'm a former alcoholic. I know the addiction spiral and the danger of that, but God's word simply does not say do not drink. It says, do not be mastered by anything. There's a principle there. And so we talked about celebrate recovery a little bit ago. Celebrate recovery is there not only for alcohol and drug, but all sorts of other hurts, habits, and hang-ups. And we have a lot of them in life. And so you apply God's word to things that aren't even specifically mentioned, like meth or, or whatever else you would put in that blank. God's word does talk about life, and it applies to all of life. And what it says is truth. Whether or not I want to believe it, it is truth. So what is not truth? Here's what I want to get to you today. This is very important. In, in our 101, this is 101, by the way, 101 worldview, feelings are not truth. By the way, Christian, I know you want to win the war. I know you're lobbying your cannons. And boy, some of the cannons are really well thought out. And we're really blowing up some hot air balloon issues, right? And we, we shoot our best anecdote. But guess what? The other side has anecdotes too. And they can shoot, we can shoot back stories till the cows come home, right? Your feelings about an issue does not make it true. I got to get that across to you today. Are you with me? Somebody say yes, PD. Even if it is true, your feelings about it doesn't make it true, nor does it make it more true. Do you hear how I'm yelling right now? One of the things that I've learned in life is when you say something and you don't think they're believing you, you say it louder. Because louder makes people believe you more. Is that true? No. Matter of fact, I've actually taught the louder you have to get about something, the weaker your argument probably is. So when we're lobbing bombs, if they're just feeling bombs, it's no good. Feelings do not equal truth. Feelings, by the way, in the dictionary is called a strong 
emotion. Emotion. Your emotions about any given thing on any given day does not equal truth. It might line up with God's truth, but at other days it might not line up with God's truth. Do not let your feelings get you to truth. It's a belief, and I love this, especially a vague or irrational one. That's what the dictionary calls a feeling. Anybody remember first love? Oh, nobody remembers first love? Oh, I was in love. She was cute. My wife's gone, by the way. She's in Maryland. My daughter moved to Maryland this past weekend, so she's not here. I'm going to tell you about Bonnie. Bonnie. Blonde hair beauty. I fell. I fell in love. I thought for sure I was going to marry Bonnie. But she broke up with me, and then we went to first grade, and I found... I'm telling you, I don't know if you remember love. Do you remember first love, young love? Oh, feelings and emotions are wonderful things. I'm not debunking them, but oh, don't base your decisions on your feelings. Oh, here's another one. What's not truth? Popular opinion, a view or judgment formed about something not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. Hello, that's what media is. (laughs) Something that's not necessarily based on fact or knowledge. It's just feelings and opinions. I've been telling you that. There is no such thing as news anymore. It's just outrage channels. They're outraged about this. You're outraged about that. We're outraged about this. It's just outrage. 24 hours a day, outrage. And and I'm telling you, I'm just as disgusted at what I see on this side as what I see on that side. Just pay attention. Go home and see if they're, the louder the person is, the more airtime they get. Outrage. That does not make truth, friends. And so if you're trying to explain your position, and maybe it's based on God's truth, but if you're trying to base your argument on feelings, emotions, and opinion, why bother? Why bother? So here's how I want to break it down. Came up with a fancy artwork, okay? There's a solid foundation. The bricks are not falling. Why? Because it's based on God's truth. I believe God's truth is truth. That's the foundation I want to stand on. Now, on that foundation of truth, God instituted two pillars, two pillars for all of life. He instituted, for society, he instituted the family and the church. So, friends, I want to make it as easy as I can for you today to understand where you should be. You should be firmly planted on God's truth, and that means you've got to open the word, study the word, and know the word. Stop filling your heads with people's opinions and feelings about issues. It's not going to get you to the truth. Study God's word. Find the principles. Find the actual rules and laws and commands, but then find the principles and stand on that truth. And then live them out where? In a family and in the church. In a family and in God's family. But I'm all alone. I'm a single. I don't have kids. Well, you're in the family of God. We got gotcha. you. Amen? We got gotcha. you. No one's alone. Live out God's truth in your family and in God's church. What has happened in Christianity? We stopped believing that God's word is truth. And we started saying, well, God's word said. And people say, yeah, but. Yeah, but is the worst two words you can ever say when it comes to God's word. Yeah, but uh, as a pastor, I'm going to tell you, and I've told you many a times, one of the scariest things that happens in my office is when somebody wants to come in, they present something, I show them God's truth, and they say, yeah, but. Anytime you say, yeah, but, you are in humanism, and you're reasoning. You're saying, okay, that might be true, but I think, or I feel, or my opinion, go back, stand on truth, Apply it through your family, apply it through the church, live it out in both. What's happened in the church? People have stopped submitting and surrendering to the church. Living life in the church, it becomes something you go to once in a while. It's not intricate in your life anymore. And let me tell you, I believe all of society hangs on those two pillars, the family and the church. Can I ask you, in your mind, if you could break it down, what's happened in our culture that's so disgusting and depraved is that the family has been destroyed and they don't want the church to be successful either. The church is being destroyed and the family is being destroyed and the foundation has been taken out from underneath it. And why do we think that society is crumbling? You can make a difference in this. 
I'm just going to tell you my opinion, and I strongly feel, (laughs) I would pray we'd stop lobbing bombs and start living on the truth and living it out. And I tell you what, you ever heard the words, boy, he's a pillar of our society. (laughs) May it be us. May it be the church. May it be God's people that are solid and not shaken. So what's the other side of this? The other side is a crumbling foundation. Like that for a second, because it took me a long time to find that. Crumbling foundation is like this. Man's truth, society, but the two pillars for man's truth are feelings and opinion. Do we understand it now? Do we see it? What Pastor's trying to get across today is there's two ways of living life, either based on God's truth, which you don't get to decide based on feelings and opinion, what is truth, or living out man's, where everybody has a say, everybody has an opinion, and who knows what truth is. Can I just tell you, on this side, there's no way of coming to truth. I guess everybody just gets to come and gives their opinions. I guess everybody just got to come and tell us how really outraged they are. I got to stop and do this. Help me. Okay, help me, Pastor. I love our community, and our community has gone through a raging trauma, and the people that were directly affected by that trauma on November 30th, I have nothing but grace and love and sympathy for them. I think they all give them millions of dollars. Yes, I don't know how we do it, but let's just make sure we give them millions of dollars. But what I'm hearing locally in our TV is day after day after day, people are standing up and they're outraged and they're giving their opinions. They're outraged and they're giving their opinions. I know this thing that happened in our town was traumatic for many people and it will end up in court and truth will come out. But be careful what you hear is is actually truth because I'm telling you a lot of it is not true. Can I just stop and just say... Um, there are good Christian people in Oxford schools and their staff there. There are good Christian people there. And if mistakes were made, they were not made with malicious intent to hurt anybody. These are good people. So when you hear people get up and they're outraged and they've got opinions and they're tearing down and saying things like Oxford has no security, that's just not true. Uh, what's truth? Well, their opinion is there's no, there's no security there. I have a wife who works in the building. I know what they're doing, and they're doing a lot. But they're not telling you about it. I know. Maybe we don't want you to know how secure we're doing things. You ever stop to think that the other side is being so silent? Do you ever stop to think that they're not defending themselves? Do you ever stop to wonder why not? The truth will come out. So in all matters, and it's tense in here again, I know it is. In all matters, when you listen to the news, be careful because you're hearing opinions and feelings. Don't repeat opinions and feelings if you don't think they're based on truth. They're not getting us anywhere. Let's let truth come out. Let's let truth be revealed. And then let's deal with truth when it comes out. Let the light of day shine, and then we will deal with it. Amen? Let's do right, and let's move forward and be better. But... Be careful about what you hear, and I'm trying to apply this bigger than the November 30th situation. On every opinion you hear, be careful. I would urge you to always go back to God's word. Sift everything through this first. Truth first. If opinions line up with that, then great. But be careful with this, because this is a recipe for society crumbling. And it's what we're seeing today. Humanism is the reasoning of today. It's not God's word. It's been rejected. So human reasoning is the day, and it is crumbling all around us. Why should we be surprised if it's based on just feelings and opinions? We have something more solid than that. So let's wrap it up. Conclusion. Here's my points about this. What I've just taught is truth. Number one, if we as believers say that we have God's word and we believe that God's word is truth, then we need to, number one, accept God's word as truth. That means accept that God's word is absolute. No exceptions. We've got to stop in the church saying, yeah, but. Yeah, but. <laughs> well, God said, yeah, but. Oh. And I know I've got, a, I've got, 
I've landed on truth because it's the only way I can do it is study and try to know it. And I've landed on truth that's very unpopular. We might discuss one of those topics in a future elephant in the room. Do you think I'm really glad about that? It would be really easy if I could take God's word and say, yeah, but God, it's not popular today. It's 2022 for crying out loud, God. The world changed. Wouldn't it be great if I could just apply some human reasoning to God's truth and make it better? I can't. Friends, there are things that I believe and hold to that are uncomfortable for me, but I believe they're true. And so I don't say, yeah, but. Yeah, but it was written thousands of years ago in a misogynistic society. And so Paul, Paul is just a, he was just an angry man and he hated women. So everything Paul says about women, just throw it out. I can't. I hope, you don't have to agree with me, but I hope you can at least say, my pastor stands over here and he just won't be shaken. This is what I'm talking about. Worldview 101 is you stand and you aren't shaken and you don't start going over here and saying, yeah, but God might have said it, but I can fix it. The moment we start saying, God said it, I can fix it, we've walked away from truth. I must submit, or the second one is this timeless, by the way, no changing with time. And that's a big thing today. In church, in Christianity, a lot of people say, yeah, but God's word is so old. No, let me just tell you, I believe God's word is timeless. I believe it's timeless. I believe it's absolute. I believe it's timeless. Or number two, I'm sorry. I must submit my identity to Jesus. And that's where we go to Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. By the way, this talks about our meta-narrative. Meta it's not to win a war. It's to win the world. God told us, make disciples. That is our command. Make disciples. And again, if you believe that your human reasoning and bombs are going to win people to the Lord, okay, I don't know how you're going to do that, but... I don't believe that's going to be helpful. So we're told to make disciples. How? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then teaching. Go ahead, next one. Teaching them. Matthew 20, 20, 20. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. Two things of how to do the, the goal. The goal is to win the world, to make disciples. Baptize them and teach them truth. Teach them to obey, I should say, sorry. Don't just teach them truth. Teach them to obey the truth or observe the truth. Two things I see about that. Number one, I must submit my identity to Jesus. Have you been baptized? If you've been baptized, when we put you in that tank, do you remember what I say? This person is identifying with Jesus. They're saying, they've already come to belief in Christ, ask him to save them. They're not getting saved in that water. What they're making is a declaration in that water. They're saying, I'm with Jesus. Jesus died, was buried, and he rose again. That person is saying, I'm dying to my old self, and I'm risen to new life in Christ. That's what baptism is, a declaration. It's an identification. Friends, if we're going to make any headway in this worldview war that happens, then we've got to stand firm. And we've got to hold to God's truth is truth. Whether I like it or not, it is truth. And I identify with Jesus and I'll follow him. That's it. That's baptism. Second part, teaching them to obey or teaching them to observe. All things, accept God's word, submit to Jesus, obey God's word. Christian, in our culture war today, whenever we talk about any topic, this is what I'm trying to help us with. Know God's truth, live it, and apply grace heavily. When we went to Hawaii, they made us wear that reef safe sun lotion. Anybody go to Hawaii and they make you wear that reef safe? It goes on like, like white mayonnaise. It's awful. Julie put it on, and I looked at her. You look like Casper the ghost. It's just totally white. It's good for the reefs, but it makes you look silly. We need to take grace until it's silly and apply it. And apply it. So here's my grace statement for today. I believe the Bible is God's word, and it is truth. Friends, Worldview 101. God said it. That settles it. Second thing, therefore, I must 
surrender my identity to Jesus and obey what God's word teaches on every issue and matter. Friends, that's, that's worldview. You either are going to be here or you're going to wander over here. Many of your children have wandered over here. And you don't know when that shift happened. That's what happens in generations. Grandma and grandpa were solid. And then the next generation comes, and the next generation comes, and then your grandkids are way over here, and you're like, where are they? What are they thinking? Because they've slipped over into humanism. Man determines truth. Let me think about it. I want to hear some opinions and people's feelings about it. And then I want to know how I feel about it. And then I'll talk about what is truth. I'm sorry. Instead of lobbing cannons, let's go back to our homes and our church, the two pillars of society, and let's repair and restore the foundations. Help your children think biblically. Can I say it again? Help your children to think biblically. Parents, I know we all want to tell our kids what to think. I do it all the time. I do. I've tried it for years. I don't know if I told you, I went to the physical therapist. They torture me for like 20 minutes, but at the end I get on a table and there's a lady there who does things to my back. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, because I saw her. It was funny, I was there one day, and there was a lady on the table next to me, and doing the same thing that they do to me. I'm like, oh, she's got a terrible back. She turned over, and it was her. I'm like, hey! <laughs> Don't you love it when they just, she, she makes me, and she leans on me, and she pushes, and she pushes, and I'm like, oh. She grabs my leg, and she pulls it so hard, I'm like, yeah. Takes all the pressure off the spine. I will put up with 20 minutes of torture, get me to the table. Get me to the table. But while the lady for 20 minutes working on my back and she's pushing on my stuff, we start talking about life and we start talking about kids. And I, she was asking me, she found out I was a pastor and I spoke to youth and spoke to parents and so she started asking questions about parenting. And I went, oh, trust me, your pastor can talk. I think we were like 30 minutes that day and I'm talking, I'm just doing a whole workshop on parenting and all this. And, and when I got done, there was like three people that were, I didn't see them. There was like people lined up and they're like, oh, that was good. I didn't know I had an audience that day. It was amazing. And I was in last week, and I was talking about how sometimes parenting, you know, your kids drive you nuts, and they do things. You, and she goes, so your, your kids aren't perfect? I'm like, listen, sweetie, I can tell you all the facts, but I've got kids. It's hard. Amen? It's hard. We want to tell them what to think. Can I tell you that your better thing would be? Now, parents with young kids tell them what to think. But as they grow, as they grow, teach them how to think. We need to teach our children how to learn to discern truth. So if they don't have your same opinion on something, and you find them way over here into opinions and feelings, don't get mad and yell at them. Don't start lobbing cannons at them, because that's what we've been trained to do for the last two decades. Let's lob cannons, and let's, we'll really teach them. No. How about you just pull them back and, and have them realize The reason why I think God's word is true is, and take them back into God's word. Help them to understand that their thinking and feeling don't lead them to truth. God's word is truth. So that's that's the truth statement. So my goal is not to use God's word to attack a lost world. My goal is to live out a surrendered life of obedience to God in my family and in my church family so that, everybody say so that, so that the world might ask me to give the reason for the hope I have. So I'll wrap it up by just saying this. I've been in tears. This last month I've been like, what happened to the church? We were driving home one day, and I'm just rehearsing my, my, you know, pray for my wife. She has to hear my sermons for days before you do. I'm working them out, and she's either going to, you know, give me something else to think about, but she's listening to me. And I just started crying about why have we become what we become? The church is just so angry. We're angry about all these issues, 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 and nobody's talking about truth. And what I see out there in the ether of thought and opinion is so much anger and vitriol. And I don't see anybody 
who's lost that's reaching out and saying, I want what you have. Let me just, one more time. In all of the vitriol and arguing online about opinions and feelings from both sides, I don't see anybody who doesn't know Jesus in the middle of all the anger and fighting, I have never seen anybody reach out and say, I so want what you have because you're living a life of so much grace and hope. Tell me about the hope you have. (laughs) And friends, that's my opinion. (laughs) That's my feeling. But I'm trying to base it on truth. That we might win the world. There's going to be wars. There's going to be thought wars. You can engage in thought wars, but do so with gentleness and respect. Let me close with one verse in 1 Peter 3, verse 15. But in your heart to revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do so with gentleness and respect. It's almost as if God knew we would, we would take this worldview war and turn it into an everything war. That, that we would somehow turn it into them against us when Jesus came for them and us. Just remember, Jesus loves you, and he loves the lost and dying. You have an opportunity to share the gospel, and hopefully the hope that you have. Do that. Let's do that. And I think the strong family and the strong church can be a pillar to society that so desperately needs it right now. But it's always going to have to be done in gentleness and respect. I've gone over my time. I'm not going to ask the band to come because I've gone so long. I'm simply going to close and let you leave. As you leave, don't forget, there are, paid, there are things out in the lobby that you can uh, fill out, and it's questions or future topics. Uh, I'd encourage you to have conversations at home about worldview. What are we basing our truth on? Is it God's word or man's reasoning? Have those discussions today. Do it with peace and grace, though, right? Let's pray. Father, we pray. God, we pray. Father, I understand the church has been fighting a war for so long about truth, and it's just turned into something that I don't think it was ever meant to be. And it probably didn't even want to be. It seems to be sometimes more of a response and reaction. But God, help us to stop, to take a look around, And to remember that the very people that we're so angry at, God, that the very people that you came and died for and that you love. God, help us to apply John 3.16 without any exceptions. For God so loved the Republicans. No. Wait, let's not add any. So God so loved white Americans. No, no, no. Let's apply. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes on him will not perish but have eternal life. God, let us be life bringers, life givers, not destroyers. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Sorry I went over today.